0: Hey there, Dr. Emily Kybert here with Muscle Medicine Podcast. This week, I wanted to share with you my own personal journey with Hashimoto's. With treating a lot of women at Urban Wellness Clinic, which is in Midtown Manhattan, right at 57th and 6th, it's really interesting to come across and treat and grow and be on this journey with many, many women with autoimmune conditions, including Hashimoto's. And everyone has a story. And oftentimes with an autoimmune condition, you feel like your story's not heard. You feel like your partner doesn't understand, Is maybe doesn't have the patience, your friends and family don't really get it. Like, God, why is she so tired? And it's hard for them to see you as a shadow of your former self. So I think it's important to share our story living with Hashimoto's. And I think it's important for women to feel like they have a voice, especially in a society that is so go, 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 and has burn the candle at both ends. And oftentimes feels like we don't have time for stories and time to share and really listen and feel heard. So I wanted to share my own Hashimoto's journey and also kind of the steps I took to put my Hashimoto's in remission. So after I had baby Elvis, so he's four years old now, uh, so he was born in 2016, I was really fatigued and I was really tired. And I couldn't lose a baby weight, and I could barely finish a sentence. And oftentimes, when you share that story, like, oh my God, I am so fatigued. I am so tired, like beyond what I would think is normal mom tired. People tell you, you know what? Totally normal. That is being a new mother, is your baby sleeping. And so you take those words of, like, okay, I guess I'm a new mom. I guess I should be tired and you make it your new normal. Same thing with the baby weight. It's hard to lose a baby weight. And a lot of people are like, you know, you'll lose it once you stop breastfeeding, hormones will normalize. And there's some truth to that. But again, that losing that stubborn weight and hearing other women's stories. Sometimes also normalizes that experience, and then, you know, brain fog—that feeling like you just can't finish your sentence, or you started something and you're like, "What? What was I talking about?" Again, oftentimes blamed for mommy brain, and it normalizes that. So it's good because you don't feel awkward all the time. But the downside of normalizing a symptom that could be postpartum, just normal normalcy or, you know, a thyroid condition. I mean, there's many things that lead to brain fog is that you don't, you know, it becomes your new norm. Forgetting what you were going to say and finish your sentence becomes a new norm. So one in eight mothers up to one in 10 mothers can get postpartum thyroiditis. And usually This inflammation of the thyroid resolves on its own after 12 months. For myself, I was 18 months postpartum and I was still suffering from severe fatigue. Every time I ate, my tongue would hurt, my joints hurt. Every time I ate, I looked pregnant from the bloating. And I was just brain fog and super tired. I went to a couple functional medicine doctors and did some different supplement protocols and I wasn't really feeling better. And one of my girlfriends, Megan Helwig, she's been on Muscle Medicine Podcast as well. She talks about rock tape. Uh, Check out one of the earlier episodes. She was like, you know what? Why don't you go see my girl, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon? She is right around the corner from you. You guys should meet. And she just connected us through an Instagram DM and I stopped by her office and you know, she took a extensive history. And when I think back to that time, I think I was literally just trying to get by day by day, like just trying to get through the day, get on to the next day, and not really checking in with like what my body needs, What does it want? I felt like I had a lot of anxiety after having Elvis, and I just kind of jumped back into work to calm that anxiety or, to think, to think I was dealing with it by probably avoiding it. And she ran a bunch of blood work. There were so many tubes on the table. I was like, <laughs> I hope I don't get lightheaded from all the blood that was drawn. And one of the first things that she noted was that my thyroid antibodies were high. And I was on the road to an autoimmune condition that my body was literally attacking my own thyroid she's like, all right, let's get to work. And it was literally step by step, probably the next nine months of different protocols and refinements and lifestyle and eating habits, which we're going to dive into before I, nine months later, started to feel better. So more energy, less brain fog. And it was really looking at what I was doing in my day and the food I was eating and seeing this is either going to help me or this is going to hurt me. So let's dive into kind of the steps that I took to address root causes that can put inflammatory load on the system. So the first place she sent me to was Dr. Kevin Cahill over on (laughs) up in the 60s and Fifth Avenue. I think he's at like 65th. And I had done multiple stool samples. Um, Kevin Cahill is an infectious disease specialist. He is the sweetest man. He also has been on this planet many, many decades, and uh, you know, just a different kind of office. You go in and there's masks and a million different diplomas and degrees and robes and pictures of his wife and books that he's written and the front windows of the office have bulletproof glass because he treats a lot of diplomats. So I go to Kevin Cahill and he does a swab, not in my mouth, not in my ears, but a rectal swab. And then he plates it and he looks for parasites or amoebas. And it's interesting because I had had three stool samples done and they both, they all came back, all three of them clean. And he picked up um, two things: histolytica and amoeba, which is an amoeba, and human whipworm trichuris trichuria And the whipworm is called whipworm because it has this whip-like shape, and it's passed through feces, which is just like so gross like when you start to google whipworm and you read that they lay 20,000 larva eggs a day you're just like oh my god <laughs> like not not much makes me like <laughs> queasy but just the thought of that in my large intestine for who knows how long it could have been from when i was like 20 traveling to india you know <laughs> 19 years ago who knows so Sometimes human whipworm can happen when like the hands or fingers are contaminated with dirt and then they get put in the mouth or consuming vegetables or fruits that just haven't been washed and peeled and cooked carefully. And it's often in warm humid climates where like sanitation isn't the best, hygiene is kind of poor, and it can lead to Mild symptoms people won't have anything but more severe symptoms is frequent painful bowel movements it's a mixture of like mucus blood and water diarrhea and just just gross really so I had whipworm and histolytica and amoeba and it was just really interesting to see this different approach after multiple multiple negative stool samples coming back. So his protocol is a month of antiparasitics, and there's two different ones that you cycle. And I went to work one day, and my dear massage therapist, Bethany, who's known me since I moved to New York, when the first people I met in 2007 looked at me. She goes, what's wrong? You look like death. And I felt like death. And Kevin Cahill talks about dosing, that you have to dose to kill the parasite without killing the host. <laughs> And it's like this, this fine line that you walk. So my first step in my Hashimoto's journey is killing the parasites. And I feel fortunate enough to live in New York City to have access to Kevin Cahill. It definitely makes me not want to travel. But if you asked Dr. Cahill, he'd be like, no, no, travel, enjoy the world, see the world, experience, you know, come back, you know, A restaurant in New York City, a food handler, could pass it in the food if you took takeout. So it can happen right in your hometown. But I'm always like, I'm always, after I travel, I always come back to Kevin Cahill just to check to see if I have any parasites. So step one, kill the parasites. Step two that I did with Dr. Lyon is really diving deep into what I was eating, And so when I was pregnant with Elvis, I had major, major food cravings. And I ate fried chicken and sweet tea like I was an old Southern woman while I was pregnant and croissants every morning. So one of the first steps we did was an elimination diet. So taking out of the eating routine, the feeding routine, as Dr. Lyon likes to say, that we're feeding not just eating and not just dieting, gluten, dairy, sugar, soy, corn. So those came out, alcohol came out, coffee stayed in, thank the heavens. And then she did a LRA test, a lymphocyte response assay. And to just uncover food sensitivities, so when we are challenged, there are two ways our immune system responds. There's an immediate response, and this would be like acute allergies, usually occurs within seconds to a couple hours after we're exposed to the allergen. The second response of our immune system is a delayed response to an item that can take a couple hours maybe even three weeks after exposure. And so sometimes that delayed response, just the nature of it, makes it harder to detect. And so the soldiers in our immune system our body's white blood cells called lymphocytes, the LRA test, the lymphocyte response assay, identifies these items that's causing your lymphocytes to react. And the test measures an allergic response to that delayed allergic response to about 512 different items. And they include foods, additives, preservatives, food colorings, mold, environmental chemicals and toxic minerals, medications, herbs, danders, hairs, feathers. So this test, which also takes many tubes of blood, really identifies the causes of those chronic conditions, like an autoimmune condition, and then focuses on repairing and strengthening when you start to eliminate those things that are causing a reaction, a delayed response in the body. So for myself, some of the things that came up in my LRA test was olive oil, chocolate, anything with carigenine, which is a shelf stabilizer in a lot of the nut milks or any sort of dairy products. And there was a couple other things, but those were the main ones. Some citrus fruits as well. So on top of gluten, dairy, soy, corn, sugar, olive oil, chocolate, anything with carigenine was pulled out. Um, And you know, it's interesting because a lot of people are like, oh, well, olive oil is so healthy, the Mediterranean diet, chocolate's a great substitute for sugar. Well, for my body, it was creating a delayed response. So those came out. The next thing I tackled under Dr. Lyon's Recommendation was taking out high histamine foods. So, high histamine foods would include things that sit out for a while. So, like fermented foods, things that have a thick peel, bananas, citrus foods, avocados, spinach is included. So, it's just another layer of elimination coming out of my diet. She also, if you know Dr. Lyon, really promotes optimal protein, 30 grams per meal, and is really at the center of her muscle-centric medicine. So after the parasites, the second step was to clean up the, the food, the feeding, the food sensitivities. And I know a lot of people, there's so much emotion around food, But when you're really sick, where every single time you eat and you're bloated or your tongue hurts or your eczema flares up or you get a headache or brain fog, you will start to look at food as very different. Either it hurts me or it helps me. The next thing we did is we did a heavy metal test, um, 24-hour urine challenge and collection. And that came back with mild to moderate levels of mercury, arsenic, and lead. So my father has been a roofer since he was 19, and he's almost 70 now. And he still gets on the roof every day. And when I was a teenager, I used to get on the roof with him and roof and pull off shingles. I was the tear-off girl during the summers. And so I'm suspecting that maybe some of that uh, heavy metals was coming from the construction work. So that whole process under Dr. Lyon was nine weeks of sauna use. So I'd go over to higher dose, three times a week. I take some flushing niacin before that make me vasodilate. So it makes your skin itchy, basically opens up uh, the vasculature. And then I would take binders after, so either chlorella or charcoal after the sauna. So and there was other supplements as well. So heavy metal toxicity protocol for about nine weeks. So parasites, food sensitivities, heavy metal toxicity. And then the next thing we tackled was mold. And there's a podcast with Dr. Ann Shippy in muscle medicine where she talks about how mold mimics Hashimoto symptoms. So symptoms of mold can include fatigue hair loss, joint pain, brain fog and neurological symptoms. Well, surprise surprise, some of the major symptoms of Hashimoto's is fatigue, hair loss, joint pain, brain fog. So, in my apartment there was some water damage. There's actually some new water damage that we're having to take care of again. But last summer, so the summer of 2018, We basically pulled everything out of the house, put it in storage, moved out for three months, renovated, remediated, tore out everything that had water damage and mold, had HEPA filters, and then had a professional cleaning team of 20 come in and clean every square inch, like literally vacuumed every square inch of the wall. So mold and remediation Massive, right? Because it can mimic Hashimoto's symptoms, and it's just a major load on the system. And from what I understand, there's certain genetic SNPs that make about 20% of the population more sensitive to mold. So, for example, my husband, no symptoms at all. Myself, brain fog, like I can't function, like I can't even, like I just lay on the floor, can't even think, can't finish a sentence those are my symptoms. And my husband can walk into the same moldy hotel room <laughs> and not feel anything at all. So now we also have air filters in every single bedroom in our common space. Some of the other things, so we talked about parasites, food sensitivities, heavy metal toxicity, and mold. Some of the other medications that I've taken under Dr. Lyon is low dose naltrexone. BPC-157 and amalexinox different things to heal um, the gut lining and bring down inflammation. And about nine months of all those different protocols and my blood work came back, a clean bill of health. I actually had no thyroid antibodies present. And all my thyroid levels were within normal range. So I think it's really important a couple things to address underlying root causes. I think the second thing that's really important is to find a doctor that you can work with that will help you address those root causes and can help prescribe medication if needed. And I know a lot of women feel a lot of shame around taking medication and I really think there should be no shame We are here on this planet to be our best self and to give and serve and whether it's to our families or to our community. And if medication is going to help you be your best self, then take it. One of the other major pieces that I switched up in my routine in dealing with Hashimoto's was changing my workouts. So I was really into the soul cycle, the double soul cycle class, different HIT classes or boutique fitness classes around the city without like a really clear goal. And I felt like every time I was working out, especially when I was doing more cardio, I would be really fatigued. Like getting out of the bed the next three three days was like dragging myself out of bed. So I really dialed down the cardio, got really clear and focused on strength training. And I had had a, a background in strength training just with working with Matt Semrick, who's an amazing trainer at Urban Wellness Clinic. He's been a trainer for 22 years and has been trained in strong first techniques for about the last 10 to 12 years. So really dialing back the cardio, dialing it back how long I was working out. So like a double soul cycle class is 90 minutes. So dialing that back to about 20 to 25 minutes and then dialing down the frequency. So going from like five days a week to about three, two to three days a week of working out. Why did I do this? So when we have hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, we have a harder time maintaining our muscle mass. Simply, it's harder to keep the meat on the bones. And we need our muscle. It is our metabolic engine. And there are thyroid receptors in the muscle tissue. So to have healthy turnover of your thyroid hormones, you need to stimulate the muscle. The muscle gets stimulated mildly with walking, yoga, stretching, bar, cardio. And those are kind of like the common recommendations from a lot of endocrinologists and from some functional medicine doctors in terms of exercise with Hashimoto's. But the best way to stimulate the muscle is to pick up a heavy weight with amazing form, put it down, and do it again. So strength training, weightlifting is really the best way to stimulate that muscle tissue and the thyroid receptors. The second thing about the muscle tissue is there's different kinds of muscle fibers. So, in women in general, we have a higher density of type 1 fibers. These are muscle fibers that are found in postural muscles, like they just hold us up in space. Especially with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, we have even more type 1 fibers. There's another kind of muscle fiber type, type 2, type 2A type 2B, type 2X. Kara Killian, I interviewed her in the beginning of Muscle Medicine Podcast. So take a a look at some of the earlier episodes. There's one with her doing research in Andy Galpin's lab about type 2A, I think. Type 2A or type 2X muscle fibers. And so type 2 muscle fibers, there's a higher density of them when we do, like, for example, sprinters and more dynamic movements. And the best way to train type two muscle fibers is to lift heavy or to do ballistic movements. And a ballistic movement would be like a kettlebell swing or box jumps. Sometimes that can be a little hard on the joints when you have Hashimoto's. So I like to just kind of default to lifting heavy. And then the third thing about stimulating the muscle tissue is there is slower tendon turnover when we have Hashimoto's. And what does that mean? That means our tendons and all the tissue in our body is consistently turning over, regenerating, replenishing. And with Hashimoto's, we have slower tendon turnover. It takes longer time for our tendons to replenish. So I like to take nice, long rest breaks when I lift. So I really dialed down the double soul cycles, trying to lose weight and replace that with strength training, lifting heavy two to three times a week for about 20 to 25 minutes and long rest breaks. So that might be a rest break up to two minutes, even sometimes up to five minutes. I took everything that I learned from doing that on myself and started to apply it to the women that we see in the clinic that also have autoimmune conditions and have Hashimoto's. Oftentimes women with Hashimoto's will feel a lot of joint pain and muscle tension, tightness, and so they'll wanna stretch. We wanna stretch, 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 stretch in the morning, midday, evening, and do yoga. But oftentimes, clinically, I find that those women with Hashimoto's and autoimmune conditions have a hypermobility component, like their joints are lax. The tissue around the joint is not holding it together in a stable way. And so the muscles will get tight because they're kind of hanging, the joints are hanging out on overstretched ligaments. So you don't want to stretch that muscle, you actually want to strengthen it to create more stability and more strength in the joint, hence strength training. So I put all that together, worked on it in my own body, we do it in the clinic with women, and now you can access it online. So I have a program called Thyroid Strong, it's coming out February 19th. The door closes March 1st, and it's a six-week strength training program, how to work out without burning out with Hashimoto's. And there's three workouts a week, and it follows all the principles I'm talking about, 20 to 25 minutes, strength training, long rest breaks, lots of form cueing, breathing, breathing, And it is really kind of, I feel like, the missing piece. Lots of people, brilliant people, Alan Christensen, Isabella Wentz, Jolene Brighton, all talk about what to do in terms of helping your thyroid from a supplement, nutrition, medication background. But I think the exercise piece no one's talking about and can really get dialed in more for you as a woman living with Hashimoto's. So Thyroid Strong is coming out February 19th. If you want to just dip your toes in, I'm having a live free masterclass starting February 19th on the topic of what you should change, absolutely must change in your workout, living with Hashimoto's. And it's really to just give you some tips and tricks because oftentimes going to the gym can feel like this big, grandiose gesture. Like you gotta plan out the week and you have to put in your schedule and set alarms. And and really it can just be something that's dosed into your day. Um, you know, the research shows that like dosing exercise throughout your day in shorter spurts has the same effect as going to the gym for an hour. Even though we know with Hashimoto's that is not the best thing to do for our thyroid, um, a shorter session is really what I prefer. So, join me in my free masterclass. You can go to dremilykybird.com forward slash masterclass. So D-R-E-M-I-L-E-K-I-B-E-R-D.com forward slash masterclass. And you get an hour with me and we'll go over the three things, the three changes you must make in your workout living with Hashimoto's. And then there's going to be a Q&A at the end. And I think it's kind of cool to like, be able to bounce your questions and pick my brain of someone who treats a lot of autoimmune conditions in women and, and has been working with them and has lived it. And so, yeah. So dremilykyber.com forward slash masterclass. I know I've mentioned Gabrielle Lyon a lot in this episode. And I am so thankful that our paths have crossed. I'm so thankful because really in her work and just being an amazing doctor really gave me my life back. And I I don't say that lightly. So if you want to learn more about her, she's very active on Instagram, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, L-Y-O-N. And she has a great website. So go check her out as well. I am indebted to her forever for giving me my health and my life and my presence to my family back. All right, guys, check out the masterclass, DrEmilyKyber.com forward slash masterclass. And I hope to see you there. Really, it's just to share my knowledge with you and, and check out Thyroid Strong. It's coming. It's coming. All right. I'll see you guys next week. That's a wrap. I have two truths that I fully believe in. First, to be 1% better every single day. And second, all feedback is good feedback because it helps us grow. Why do I say this? If you're enjoying these conversations and you find this is adding value, send us some love by subscribing to Muscle Medicine Podcast on iTunes. And if you wanna share your voice with the world and scream it from the rooftops and tell your friends, Or you can just give us a little feedback so we can grow by rating and reviewing muscle medicine on iTunes. Thank you guys. So much gratitude. Dr. Emily Kybert here.